You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Hello, sisters. Hello. It is early in the morning. It sure is on Sunday morning. I've had some gross instant coffee. Yes. This is because we are in Nevada City. Nevada City, bitches. Okay, but first let's introduce ourselves. If you're new, welcome to OKSIS. I'm Scout. I'm Maddie. And we are the sisters behind OKSIS Podcast. Yes. And if you are a repeat sister, hello. Hello. We love you. Thanks for uh, enduring us. I'm, so, I'm happy you haven't abandoned us yet. I know, right? <laughs> oh, we just learned. So we're in Nevada City because it's our it was our uncle's wedding last night. And we just learned that all our aunt and grandma are, I think, the number one OKSIS fans. Oh, yeah. Our aunt and our grandma literally listen to every episode, every which episode. is a little bit alarming because the things we talk about, maybe they shouldn't know about us. I don't care about that. But it's just so funny because she was like, oh, yeah, I know that you love skincare and like da da da. And I was just like, what? She knows everything about us now. I know. It's wild. If anyone, like, I feel like if we were single and we were dating people, it would be very. I know because they would listen to all our episodes and know everything about us yeah I wouldn't if I were single and dating I wouldn't tell them about this podcast because I feel like they would just binge the podcast before going out on a date with us yeah, and they'd be like and uh, then maybe not us. like maybe not <laughs> and they'd be like let me just reverse that let me just not that's so funny okay yeah so we are uh, we went to a wedding it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. it was beautiful our, our uncle is part of a biker club he's the president of the NorCal chapter yeah so there were hella bikes there was like 200 yeah it was crazy like like motors motor 
psycho bunch. I should have um, prepped better for the ride because after the ceremony, they all took a ride. But I was wearing um, a slip dress with no underwear because you could see my underwear through the dress. We were highly overdressed we for this wedding. We were highly overdressed for the wedding. I should have worn shorts underneath my dress because our stepdad tried to get on the ride, but they wouldn't let him because, like, obviously no biker dude's going to let another dude on the back of their my Yeah, bike. they're very protective of their women But they would have let us on. Yes. Yes. We should have done it. No, I'm not. So I'm not fun. going on a motorcycle. No way can you oh, get you me never on a motorcycle. Ri- you never ridden a motorcycle? No. Oh, and Uncle David ch- picked me up from um, my friend's house and drove me home once. I don't plan to ever take that risk. Oh, it's a quite exhilarating feeling. All right. Anyways. Um, so let's talk about um, the abuse that I experienced yesterday. Oh, um, God. <laughs> so if you follow us on <laughs> this OK is so Sit, dire. This is like I told everyone yesterday at the party when you didn't show up to the after party. Um, So... Basically, uh, Matt's have like we have a pullout couch and we have a cot because we fucked up the reservations. And Mads was spooning me on my twin cot, and she goes, "I have something for you." And naturally, I get really scared because like I'm afraid she's gonna lick my face. So I jump up and I knock her cupcake out of her hand, and it spills on the floor. So rude. She freaked the fuck out. She starts kicking me in the back and like pushing me towards the end of the bed, trying to kick me off the bed. And then she takes her legs and wraps them around my neck and headlocks me and just, like, pushes my head up her vagina. And so we're in a loft. So our mom and stepdad are at the top of the loft. And I'm screaming. I'm like, Mom, Steven, And no one hears and you. nobody is coming to my rescue. And Maddie is just headlocking you the have shit out a, of me. You have a meek voice. No one can hear you. Uh, you need my, to project. You were windpiping the shit out of my throat what do you think oh my god so finally you need to practice some projection okay sorry so finally my mom comes out to my rescue and starts yelling at maddie and telling her to let me go yes we are 27 and 25 years old i was gonna say i'm not 27 i am thank you (laughs) you're almost 28 though yes i know (laughs) so basically i was physically abused what I'm do you not, have to say for yeah, yourself? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not. I'm not sorry that happened. It was. It was great content for me. <laughs> it was great, like life content. You know. Oh my god. I'm just gonna store that in the back of my <laughs> mind as a memory forever. That no one came to my rescue for two straight minutes. It just. You know what? It really symbolizes our relationship and our life experiences. You know, <laughs> like just me torturing you and putting your head up my vagina while you are trying to scream, but you have such a meek voice <laughs> that nothing comes out. It's a great parallel to the way we live our lives. Okay, you in a headlock over me, trying to scream, you suffocating yeah. me, me trying to get out, me being physically abused. Great metaphor, Mads. <gasps> oh, well, what a story. Also, our cousin Nikki told me, like, she thinks I'm old. I know, so weird. She thinks we're like adults, and that's because she's a Gen Zer. Oh, I know. We wanted to get her on the podcast. We asked her about TikTok. We asked her about YouTube. She's a big YouTuber. Yeah, you guys were kept. We had a sleepover with our cousin the first night, and you guys kept talking about YouTubers. I was like, can you please? Because I was trying to do market research for us. We need to investigate the Gen Z. Oh my god, it just like we need to infiltrate because if we would like to keep this podcast relevant for years to come, (laughs) we need to penetrate the gen z market oh my god that just scares me that there's another generation that i don't know anything about i know isn't it scary yeah that we there's another app called tiktok that we have no we don't know anything about and Mm -hmm. we're gonna get lost we're gonna Mm -hmm. get lost there's tiktok stars now we're gonna get we're gonna get lost in the weeds yeah dear god okay anyways moving forward oh i would like to say uh, a little update on a pimple that i had so 
I had a pit bull. Okay. Revolutionary. And revolutionary. Because spironolactone is not supposed to give me pimples, but great. I took all the necessary steps. I put my little pimple cream on every night. I put a pimple patch on every day. Subjected myself to humiliation every day in the public with this pimple patch. Never touched the pimple. Never squeezed the pimple. Never popped the pimple. And what has happened? It's guard. It's guard. Okay, so here's I my theory. I took all the necessary steps. Here's my theory. Our Aunt Michelle has flawless skin. She's like, flawless. I don't she's know 50. how old she is. She's 50. She Just lo- turned 50. She looks like she's 40 or maybe even younger. Like her skin is so great with no wrinkles. Hi, Auntie Michelle. She's listening. Um, my And she's like, are you Cetaphil? Yes, that's right. She's a Cetaphil. And my theory is that the beauty world, skincare world, whatever you want to call it, is a huge sham for mm-hmm. just people spending a lot of money on things that don't matter. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great theory. Because a lot of it. people ascribe to this think theory. About it. Think about it. Mom, when she was our age, was she like using a 10-step routine? No. How do we know this shit works? That's how I feel about aluminum-free deodorant. Everyone has been using aluminum deodorant, and no one has cancer. Actually, everyone has cancer, so maybe that is the reason. Yeah, but like you get cancer from McDonald's, you get cancer right. from So it's radiation. like, how do we know that aluminum-free deodorant is, is the cure? How do we know? We don't, because it just started. Anyways, as I said to p- before, skincare to me is more of a ritual. It's more of a self-care routine. It's more of a thing that I do to, it's a habitual, you know. Ugh, I like thing. literally don't look forward to washing my face every night. It is. I woke up in the middle of the night last night in a panic because I hadn't washed my makeup off. And I did my whole routine and I felt like a hundred bucks. Yeah, like you, a pa- brand you passed new out person. and you sleep really weird. You sleep like you're dead. Like you sleep on your back with your like arms straight yes, forward. Because, and you're just like, because that's how JLo sleeps. And oh look at God. her skin. Okay, JLo also spends thousands of dollars I on know. procedures. But I, my, my face does not touch a pillow. It does not touch anything. Okay, I sleep comfortably on a pillow. <laughs> Thank you. I heard that JLo sleeps like in a coffin. <laughs> so that's what I do. I trained myself to sleep on my back. I used to always be a stomach sleeper, and I trained myself so that my my skincare would not get on the pillow. You know, you are embarrassing. This is embarrassing to admit. I'm gonna have amazing skin when I'm older, and so you're just I. gonna be no, laughing. I'm gonna have gorgeous skin, and you're just gonna curse me when we're older. <laughs> All right, to uh, tune back in 50 years. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, next is a little men tell all recap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because when you're listening to this, it's going to be the finale. No, one of two. Dear God, I hate when they do this. I know because the first one is so unsatisfying. It's also just, it's really disrespectful for our time. It's disrespectful. the TV champion of all times. It's disrespectful to our time. We have to tune in two fucking nights in a row and you can't like not watch it that night because then you're fucked. Yeah, but what do you think Paradise is? Oh, Paradise! I'm so excited. Paradise is two nights oh, a week. No, I, I've, I've, uh, I've gained the system. I watch it on Wednesdays on Hulu, so you just watch it all straight. Yeah, but then you can't check that social media. Okay, but Paradise is a little. Who cares? Okay. Um. Yeah. So men tell all. You uh, know what? I was confused because when all the men came out, I was like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these people. This was one of the seasons where the only the top five were yeah. truly um significant. But I'm not gonna even utter his name. He's done. We're done with this man. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm just I'm done talking about him and hearing his name. So I think the prominent things were Mike went on his campaign for Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Which I am all here for. Mm-hmm, me too. 
the world is ready for a black bachelor, not because of moral licensing. <laughs> but I'm not going to comment on that word that you just used. So just to <laughs> give clarification, this is a phenomenon that Malcolm Gladwell has brought yes, to the masses. Mads, please explain. Moral licensing. Please explain your intellect. And, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what it was called for the longest time, and now I just remembered it. And I feel that if Mike is elected as bachelor, people, this is going to be a classic case of moral licensing, which is sad. But this is just what it is. But Mike is so cute. He's so cute. And he would be a great bachelor. And he's so sweet. But do you think people want Tyler? People okay, want this Tyler. This is the deal with Tyler. This is the deal with Tyler. Okay, so for some reason, I didn't even realize Tyler was hot. <laughs> like, I did not realize Tyler was hot. Like, at all. Like, I had, like, zero. Yeah, but you think he's objectively hot. No, no, no. I didn't even notice him until I, all my girlfriends were like, Tyler is so hot. And my intern was like, Tyler is the hottest man alive. And so I was like, wait a minute, what? And so I went to his Instagram and I saw his model photos and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's pretty hot. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I don't think as a bachelor, he's emotionally there. Yeah, he doesn't. We don't know anything I don't about know him. anything about Tyler. All we know is that, that he's it, respectful in the fantasy suite. <laughs> and that he didn't he have, didn't sex, have with sex with Hannah, which is such a bummer. So, no, all we know about him is that his family got hit by the recession and lost their house on the water front in Florida. That is the only That's thing. That's the we only know. thing we know about Tyler. <laughs> that is the only. Oh, thing did we you know. see? Gigi Hadid followed Tyler I on Instagram. Oh, I know. She followed him first. Yeah, no, he's gonna get like a banging model wife thing. Yeah. Oh, I would. Yikes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't talk about Wells and Sarah Highland. So I think the best case scenario of coming on this show is to. Mary Sarah Highland. But do you remember how Wells like couldn't even kiss JoJo? I know. He was so nervous and cute. I don't and think then he, he kissed her and it was terrible. Yeah. No, so they did awkward. not have any chemistry. But um, no, just good for Wells. Good He's for the Wells. only person that has come out of the show that has not dated another Bachelor Nation participant. And he's so great. He's so he's great. The he's the, the sweetest. sweetest. He coughed up 200K for that ring. Who knew Wells was that rich? She probably paid for part of it. No, she didn't. He made a point to say, this is all coming out of my bank account. Well, that is a really irresponsible purchase. (laughs) I'm sure he's like, I'm going to marry her, so I'm going to just get more money. Since we're going to be sharing finances, so I might as well just blow all my money. I don't know. There might be a prenup in that situation. Oh, yeah. I wonder if there is. I mean, that's that's a significant amount of money. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so, I mean, congrats to... Wells and Sarah. Yeah. I wish them the best. Yeah, me too. Um, congrats to Tyler Oh, she C. was in my dream the other night, Sarah Highland. I just remember. I don't remember what it was about, but she was in my dream. Oh, well. There you go, Sarah Highland. Showing up in Scout's dreams. <laughs> Good for you. You've made it. So what, do you have any other uh, thoughts about Mental All? No, I, I never like Mental All. It's just a one big campaign for Bachelor or Paradise. And Instagram followers. And to get in. Yeah, but Bachelor Bachelor Paradise has already been filmed. I know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. John but Paul Jones is there. JPJ. JPJ. Yeah, he's great. Um, Anyways, let's move on to this episode. Okay. Um, Yeah, we're like idiots compared to Judith. <laughs> I know. So, we have Miss Judith oh who has started this organization called In Her Shoes. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And she is this just well of knowledge. She's a scholar. She's a scholar. She's a she speaks like an academic. <laughs> well, I she just, did go to like a very prestigious school, we, and then we she did were, all these certifications. We were listening to her speak, and we were just 
in awe of essentially her. the best part about her is that she gives grants to high school women to pursue their dreams which is so amazing yeah she's incredible and she's been listening to okay sis since the beginning no she's an og fan so which, it was like a- she told us that we were like oh wait people listen to this <laughs> okay maybe we shouldn't be so self-separated what is it self-separated self-separated i i don't think we should be any more self self-separating that's great oh my god that was great that's we have a very strong sisterhood that we chat with on the reg yes but if you would like to be more vocal we would appreciate that as well you know smash the five stars smash the review button give it and leave a review on your there No, but this episode is really heartwarming. Um, She's doing God's work, truly. And Mm -hmm. we're excited to go to some of the LA events. We're going to show up. We're going to show up. Try to inspire the youth again, the Gen Z. We're there. We're we're infiltrating the system. Mm -hmm. And we got to bring them up. Mm -hmm. We got to bring them up. Yeah. Because they are the next. They are going (laughs) to. They're for sure going to be what cures this world. Not us. I don't know. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, they're going to have to. They're going to have a choice. They're going to have to. All right, well, enjoy this episode, sisters, and we will see you next week. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. 
Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Judith Martinez is the founder and CEO of In Her Shoes. In Her Shoes is a millennial-led, social impact-driven, global organization committed to catalyzing courage in the next generation of leaders. They ask, what would you do if you were 1% more courageous and empower you to do something about it? A Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, Judith has worked with leaders such as Leon Panetta and has shared her voice at the UN Youth Assembly and mobilizes individuals to break things, one glass ceiling at a time. Without further ado, Judith. Hey! Oh my God, Welcome! You're so cute. <laughs> you are the thank cutest. You are the cutest. Wow! Thank you. Like, like <laughs> more like obsessed same. within her shoes. Thank oh my you. God! Oh everything my you're doing is amazing. I'm so excited to get into it. I'm excited too. I just want you to know, like, this fangirl obsession has begun since season one. So, like, we're fans of you guys. It's oh surreal to even be on this show. Uh, so, thank you guys oh for God, having that us. Just, like, made our we're blessed. <laughs> we're blessed. We're There's blessed. people that listen to There's us, Scout. Like us. Oh my God. <laughs> When did this happen? We're still trying to figure out why people like us, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, we're so blessed to have you here. You. In her shoes is obviously doing amazing things. Such an admirable organization, and we'll get into the nitty gritty of everything about it. Current fixations, Ooh, here we as go. we always do. Should I start do like I always do? I guess I so. guess I always start. Yeah, I, I guess that start. can be the rule. Um, okay, so today when I met a client at Hotel Bel Air, sure. Have you been? No. No. Okay, so there's a little bit of controversy around Hotel Bel Air because, well, first of all, let me just say it is a beautiful property and I'm obsessed with it. it you would love it, Mads. It's just gorgeous. Um, I had lunch there. Uh, my client took me on a whole tour because she just became a member there and it was just breathtaking. Fancy. The pool is just amazing. Um, the controversy with Hotel Bel Air, and I've come up with my stance about the controversy, is that the owner of the hotel is like a Saudi Arabian prince. And he made a comment, um, he follows Sharia law, so he made a comment that he doesn't want homosexuals at his hotel. Oh, no, we don't oh. like that. No, but this okay. is why I'm still going to promote and support Hotel Bel Air, because the people that work at Hotel Bel Air are the nicest, friendliest, most hospitable human beings that have been at that hotel for so long. 
and they do not deserve for their careers to be ruined by some asshole. Yeah, but do mm. you think his homophobic tendencies will trickle down to the to the rest of the organization or the rest of the? No. So the staff is like very diverse, um, mm. very LA, very cool. I mean, I guess George Clooney like um, boycotted it for a while and stuff. Oh. I think but I did thing, remember this. The thing is, is that this Saudi Arabian prince could give two shits if this hotel is makes it or not like mm. it doesn't affect him at all but it does affect these people that have been working there because my client has been going there for years and she's like the same people have worked here for so long mm. and they're losing business and there's not a lot of people in here anymore i'm like that's not fair to the people that work there that are really good people you know what i mean hmm. so um that's my stance and if you haven't gone it is beautiful i bet okay. bel air it's i mean like noted way in the in the um in the like neighborhood oh my god it's so pretty yeah it's bel air <laughs> I've never been to Bel Air. Yeah, that's, I mean. Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a place. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my current fixation. Have you guys heard of the app Wobot? Yes, no. You told me about it yesterday. Judith, what I feel like you were right like, like <laughs> Judith is like, I'm what? in the dark. <laughs> She's already got someone hooked on it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's this app and it helps to monitor and help. Uh, stimulate your mental health. So it was created by these psychologists from Stanford and it heavily relies on cognitive behavioral therapy to an AI so that you have these constructive conversations with a robot, essentially. And it's oh, called wow. Wobot. Um, and it's just during moments of anxiety or discomfort, you can go on the app and it asks you like, what are you feeling right now? And you kind of, and it's, it's very, it feels like a little, com a text between you and your friend, but then they kind of sprinkle in some psychological elements and they, they just make you realize that your thoughts are normal and mm -hmm. that you, you kind of we all have certain human biases and and things that we do like over judging or or projecting or like future predicting or all these things and we in the moment when we're philosophizing philosophizing that is not a word but whatever I mean. the fuck is <laughs> I, I, everyone knows what i'm trying to say <laughs> we got it in the moment when you're you're anxious it feels like the world is going to end you don't know how to ease the pain or or just alleviate a little bit of it mm -hmm. and this app it helps, it gives you such perfect steps and it uncovers what you're looking at in the wrong way about certain thoughts that you're having. So everyone, please go download it. I think I'm going to download Amazing. it. It's great. Yeah. Because like it's sold. It's so. light. They use GIFs. It's like super cute, but then it's methodical in the way that it's, you know, promoting stable mental health. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone will be chiller because of it. I'm going to get it because I, I need it. more mental health help in my life. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm a fan. Great. Judith. Okay. So my recent obsession, I tried to s like to stay away from the TV shows, but then I thought, let me just be real. Okay. That's fine. I'm just always binge watching on something. And currently, my recent obsession has been Pen15. Yes, From Hulu. Any even takers? Heard of it. Okay. So Fabulous. it's pretty much just like the story of these two girls that are going through like junior high, like seventh grade. And it's pretty much like in the 90s, which to but me. The, but the comedians are like thir thir like 30 years old. <laughs> the, the actresses are like 30 years old <laughs> and they are playing seventh graders. It is. Are they supposed it's to brilliant. Like, are they supposed to pass off as seventh grader or is that the point? The point That's is the that point. they look much yeah. older, yeah. but okay. they act like seventh, like graders. seventh graders. It okay. is 
It's incredible. It's hilarious. I mean, there's only one season which I absolutely hate because you get so hooked on it. Mm. Then you're like, well, what happens next? Yeah. And it's essentially my life story. So if everyone is ever wondering what my autobiography would look like, watch Pen15, guess what character I am. Spoiler, I'm the Asian girl yeah. with, the, with, the, with the bowl haircut. So <laughs> sorry to spoil it for you, but that was essentially oh, me. That's amazing. So I loved it. And, you know, they like make all these 90s references, like 90s bands, it's, right? It's, it's unbelievable. Awesome. The episode about AIM. Oh, my God. Scout, you would die. I it is so us. It was like <laughs> the chat room sound. I was getting yes. so nostalgic. Dude, I miss it's AIM out of control. So so much. I we do. would be up all night. Remember, when we like were convinced <laughs> that we were talking to Hillary Duff. Okay, this is we were so we were like, Mom, this is we so promise it's her. Oh she God. knows all the facts about her life that we know. And my mom's like, You guys are stupid. I, think like, I invited her to my bat mitzvah, which is very dangerous. You invited Hillary, the fake Hillary Duff, on AIM <laughs> to your bat mitzvah. Because I was like. I'm I'm talking to Hillary Duff. She's definitely on her computer six hours a day. Oh Absolutely. My oh yeah. my god, I can't believe we just admitted that on the air. I'm so I never tell anybody that. We literally convinced mom. We were like, There's she knows her birthday. Like you can't. Just yeah, you can't just Google, Google it. it. Like <laughs> it was like Hillary Duff one two one or something. We were so stupid. That's great. It was probably like some old creeper. Of course. Oh my god, it's terrifying. I, I know. <laughs> I can't believe we're ter- that, and that's what happens on Fan Fifteen. She like is flirting <laughs> with this guy. I mean, it ends up being right. her friend, but like, <laughs> it's like an old creepy guy or whatever. It's just Practice we all did that, guys. Just that's so where hilarious. it all started. That's really? where it all went down. Right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Let's get into you uh, and in her shoes. Okay. okay. So let's start. I wanna I wanna hear more about what compelled you to start in her shoes. And did you always have an interest in philanthropy or giving back and things of that nature? Yeah. So I definitely always had an interest in philanthropy and giving back. I just always thought it was gonna look like being a lawyer <clears throat> and making like a crap ton of money and like having a white picket fence and then two point five kids. Like success and giving back to the world definitely looked a certain way. And then I finally kind of reached this point. My senior year at university, I went to school in the Bay Area, and I got the coveted big envelope to my dream law school, and I thought, oh, shit. Like, I did it. And it wasn't a moment of, oh, my gosh, I did it. Yay, me. It was a moment of, I think, true realization and had me, for the first time, I think, in my opinion, ask myself, what is it that I want to do? Because uh, I realized there were so many times where I was just really relating to, well, what do other people want me to do or what do what what do people want for me that I really felt like I needed to mold into? So I think that kind of moment of realization where it became real, like in written form, you got accepted to law school was the first and my choosing to not go to law school was probably the first choice I've ever made in my life at the age of like 22. Really. Wow. And that was really hard for me to admit to myself, like, wow, what am I doing? Like, what, where am I heading? And I felt so lost. And that kind of really began the seedlings of what I think is now in her shoes, where, you know, we, we really challenged women specifically to ask themselves, well, if you were more courageous in your life, what would you really be doing? What would you be creating? Um, and so that's really how it all started. And I knew that I wanted to work with women. I just didn't think I had what it took. Like, why me? I'm just this first generation, like, girl that got lucky to go to the school. And, you know, there's nothing special about me. Why me? And so kind of delving into all of that was really what propelled everything else. 
So what did inner shoes look like in the beginning stages? Like, how did you kind of start this concept? <laughs> Ooh, if you could see me, my eyes just like totally widened. Yeah, it was um, it was a complete shit show, to be honest. I mean, it was it's I think it's one thing to be a startup and then it's a completely other ballgame to be a startup nonprofit. Right. Yeah. And really how we got started, the only way that I saw could be feasible was let's just crowdfund. Like let's, and this was in the beginning, I don't want to say the beginning, but before, you know, Kickstarter and all of these other platforms now were more popular, it was still somewhat on the rise, I guess. And so for me, I didn't really study business formally in school. I was a philosophy major in the heart of Silicon Valley. If that didn't tell you there was something up, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't oh, the know. Philosophy right? Majors. I'm just like, man, I probably should have known that there was something <laughs> happening. But yeah, so for me, it was like, okay, well, I want to test this idea that I have. And what better a way to kind of galvanize support and kind of test the theory while also trying to raise money than crowdfund. So we launched a Kickstarter campaign and we successfully funded it in like less than a month. And we raised over like $10,000 through it. Damn. Yeah. So who is your target demo? Wait, can we back up? Oh, quick? sorry. For, for those that don't know, can you describe what In Her Shoes is? Yeah, Before absolutely. we like get into all the other nitty gritty. Sure. So In Her Shoes, we're a nonprofit organization and we're based in Southern California. And essentially what we do is we provide resources, programming, mentorship, and really just the space for young girls and women to discern what is it that you're passionate about and how can you have that passion intersect with what the world needs? And a, a big part of, I guess, the DNA of Inner Shoes is courage. And that's, that's really at the heart of our mission. And part of really our programming and what we push for young women to do is to think about, well, you know, five, ten years down the line, your future self, what would it be like to live the life in her shoes? Which is why we're called Inner Shoes. You know, your best future self. What are the decisions you can make today to really fill those shoes now? So, mm. yeah. We're so crying over here. Yeah, <laughs> tears. <laughs> crying emoji. Um, okay, so back to that. So the Target demo, what yes. – I know it's, like, millennial-focused, but wh what kind of specific person are you trying to target here? Yeah, so in terms of our impact especially, we really try to focus young high school girls. And when I say young high school girls, it could literally range from – incoming freshmen who we've worked with all the way to graduating graduating seniors ready for their first year in college. So a lot of our programming gears towards prepping them for this new world that we're living in. I mean, let's be honest. I think there's so many young women who are growing up at a far faster rate with so many different issues that I personally never had to grapple with growing up. So how did you gather the resources? Like what are the resources? What higher educational people did you have to tap into or things of that nature like where did you get the expertise to give to these do women yeah, yeah. Do what you, yeah. <laughs> how'd you get there yeah. yeah so a lot of my own background and just personal passions always steered towards some kind of public service but in the in the sense of developing programs and I don't know why whether it was running for a student body or creating different activities or interning throughout my college academic career it always gravitated towards building programs so I think I always had an affinity for that and you know while building out inner shoes we're reaching our five-year anniversary come January but even these last few years building it out I've just been constantly hungry to learn more as a founder as a leader and I think being a multi-passionate woman and just women in general, just constantly pushing myself to learn more. So after declining my law school acceptance, I actually, I actually immediately 
signed up and enrolled to learn how to create grants. And I got certified in grant writing and administration. And then after that, I applied for a UPenn program to learn how to actually create social impact strategies at scale. So managing all of those things, it's kind of like, you know, putting down the rails as the train is running, right? So you're polymathic. She is <laughs> truly, you're one of us. Like you're <laughs> we love constantly, yeah, we love polymathics. <laughs> constantly curious. I mean, I think that is the formula for success mm. is reiterating and learning and just never thinking that you're above needing to learn more but right. also like figuring out how to find certain expertises in certain areas that will benefit your company i think right like getting certain certifications or getting educated on very specific things like how to get a grant i mean right. that's yeah. that's a big deal yeah yeah so yeah i want to talk about building a nonprofit in particular like what have been some of the more gratifying moments of you know mm -hmm. having a more philanthropic organization and then obviously th some of the challenges that come with with that type of institution. And then yeah. why did you decide to go the nonprofit route instead of a traditional business model? Totally. Um, so in terms of just the moments that are like, uh, sheer bliss that make it all worth it. I mean, there, I can honestly say there's not a day where I wake up regretting anything that I've done or hating any part of what I do. And so that is just the cherry on top, but working with the students and getting to meet real people with real issues encountering things that, you know, go beyond the sense of being, you know, courageous, but just human experiences. I think, yeah, In Her Shoes is geared towards women, but you can't tell me as a human being you've never experienced fear. And anyone can relate to that. So I think the most rewarding moments for me are whether it's, you know, young boys that we've experienced through some of our programs or the girls that we work with pre predominantly, hearing their issues like, you know, ranging from, oh, I want to go to college and that's what I would do for our 1% more courageous to, I want to come out to my parents and I know that I've been queer all my life, but I don't know how to start it. And to hear the range of just the human experience is just bre breathtaking for me. Like, I can't believe I get, one, the honor to hear this, and two, that I get to be a resource for you to actually catapult into the rest of your life, whatever that looks like for you. So that's definitely the most rewarding thing. Um, and, you know, the the difficult parts are the times where, I mean, every single day there's there's at least one moment where I'm like, man, was this a good idea? Like, I don't know if, is this sustainable? Can we actually make this happen? Do people really care about this? Um, can you do well and do good? Is that, which I think is like this myth that I'm constantly trying to demystify for myself and also trying to set an example for young girls who want to follow suit. Um, and so I think the moments where, you know, the grant doesn't come through. And I remember, you know, we were planning this massive launch in Manila, Philippines. And with the government shutdown that happened a few months ago, a grant got taken away from us because it just wasn't funded. <sighs> and that for me was like so debilitating because it just, one, it's a team of people that it takes to make it happen. But two, you just pour so much into something. You hear yes, only to hear, you know, just kidding. It's actually not going to happen. So I think that's been like a recent moment for us as a team where it was really tough. Yeah. Um, You're reliant on certain things. On yeah, yeah, definitely. And wow. it's kind of out of your control to a certain point. Right. Um, and in terms of, you know, deciding why a nonprofit, that was one big, I think, challenge for me was, oh, you know, there's there's so many things that you can do. 
or can't do by being a nonprofit. But I think the, the biggest reason that helped me fully decide and go in on that was realizing at the heart and the mission of Inner Shoes is really something that is truly philanthropic, is something that we wanted it to be about giving back. And I've gotten so many, you know, critiques on it or how foolish we were or, you know, why a nonprofit, why not a B corporation, because at least it's for profit with some kind of social good. But I think having the clarity as an entrepreneur or having clarity of whatever it is that you want to decide, doesn't matter what it is that you want to create, is really a big part of why you do what you do. And so I just knew I wanted it to be a nonprofit for philanthropic needs. So do you um, predominantly partner with schools around the area? Is that really like your your go-to partner? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so predominantly high schools. Okay. And sometimes, uh, depending on the region or just what program we're running for universities as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Public high schools only? Both. Or? Okay. Public and private. So do you just, like, k- kind of walk us through what an event looks like, like what a program yeah. looks like. Yeah. So I'll Is it walk like assembly? Through. Like I'm trying to envision it if I was in <laughs> high school. Is it like school. a pep rally? Yeah, like what I, do we do? Well, that would be really fun to do, <laughs> The actually. word assembly <laughs> brings back. Brings me anxiety. Like, really <laughs> drug programs and like, yeah. like you smoke a cigarette, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No Absolutely. Good. Oh, man. Well, I'll walk you through kind of like our flagship program, which okay, is called perfect. the Catalyze Courage Summit. And it's a summit that happens. Well, first of all, I love the tagline. So good. Thank you. Catalyze Courage. Thank yeah, that's so good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. The thanks. alliteration. <laughs> on we point. love those. Um, so it's our flagship program. It happens once a year in a new city every year. Um, and essentially what it looks like is it's a day-long event where we invite our target demographic, so young high school girls. And these girls, we typically partner with about five high schools each year. And we allocate to these high schools invitations for mentors, teachers, principals to actually nominate students to attend our summit. Because we really believe, you know, who are we to judge who can come or not? You work with them every day. You can identify the students that you think this opportunity could really be maximized through their own experiences. So we gather our students through that form of contact. And we also invite professional women. And over the course of these last few years, the word professional woman has changed and diversified by definition. And I love that. I love that about our programs. Mm. And it's ranged from, you know, influencers on YouTube to a lawyer who's making like six figures to someone who's 50 in the middle of their career looking to finally create a side hustle. So we bring these two groups together and they have breakout groups and sometimes there's also a main kind of like workshop that everyone works on together. But the whole premise is reaching the end of the summit where you are able to answer what you would do if you were 1% more courageous. And at Summit's end, we give these high school students an opportunity, should they choose, to share their answer in front of the entire audience, the entire conference, what they would do. And we have a panel of three judges and a matrix criteria because it's kind of like a, I don't want to say it's like a pitch, but it's an opportunity to present your idea and be proud about it. And we select three winners to actually fund their idea of what they would do. They're 1% more courageous. Oh, my God. That's it. I am shook. How old are you? I'm 27. Holy what shit. the we fuck? Need to get our <laughs> <laughs> what have we done, Mesh? <laughs> what? <laughs> we've talked about <laughs> bikini waxes and a bachelorette. That's what we've done. That is what we've done. <laughs> I am dead. This is remarkable. Wait, I want to. Oh wait, I want to ask what has been the most 
outrageous and maybe just the most unique yeah. thing someone said about being 1% more courageous. Ooh, most unique thing. Well, I'm going to say memorable. Can okay, I say that? Great. Sure. Because there's, there's a lot of unique <laughs> 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 um, uh, I'd say the first most memorable thing that someone has shared for them to be 1% more courageous that was really awe, like I was awestruck, um, was a young girl who declared in front of everyone that she believed she was a boy. And if she were 1% more courageous, she would become a boy. And I'm talking about this is a high school junior, okay? And this happened at our Texas summit. And it was so beautiful to kind of have that moment in time, like that snapshot of seeing this girl say that. And I kind of, like, you could just you could just feel it, right? Like in, in the space, in the room, in the audience, that everyone was just in awe of this girl's bravery, of this girl's level of self-discernment at her age. And just the audacity, like the moxie to stand up there and say, I think I'm a boy. And if I were courageous, I'd, I'd be a boy. And have no one judge her for it, you know, and at least seemingly so. But it was just beautiful to watch that. So I think that was definitely one of the most memorable, yeah. for sure. Have not heard that ever before. Oh. Um, it's so amazing, especially at that young and informative of age to be able to yeah. not only understand yourself that well, but then to be able to verbalize it in front of a, in front of a group of people. Yes. That's a big, especially yeah. in today's age. I mean, obviously the word transgender is being thrown around a lot, but it's still something that is super unnavigated and, yeah. and super, there's no like right way to do that situation. So right. that's amazing that you provide a space for women to get really in touch with who they are and then mm. express that in the fullest expression. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. I'm really interested in this tagline, 1% more courageous. Yes. So when I read it, I was like, why 1%? And then I was thinking about it and I was like, if all it takes is to be 1% more courageous and that's it, and I can change my life just by being 1% more courageous, mm. that's so impactful. Well, it's digestible, right? Totally it's a digestible. way, it's a way, yeah, like, yeah, it would be great if we could be 100% more courageous. <laughs> right. but, but just by thinking 1%. And you know what? I don't think people see it in that scale. I think, like, just because they're forced to think about being more courageous, they shoot for the stars. And it's, like, these crazy right, dreams. Like, I don't right. think it's, like, literally you're thinking of the actual number. Um, we need to do an exercise. What? You have to answer <laughs> the question. Oh, yeah, we need to answer the question. Okay, we're doing this live. I should have <laughs> thought about this, but... We, I mean, we have to, right? Oh, you go first. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, if I was 1% more courageous, I would start my own company. Yeah, I agree I with that. that. 100%. I've always had an entrepreneurial pursuit and just, I don't know. Mm. There's a there's a block. Mm. There's a courage block. <laughs> a courage it block. It needs to be <laughs> shut down. Yeah. Yeah, that would be okay. that'd be mine. I don't want to be lame, but like you're Never. okay. When someone says I don't want to be lame, what you're gonna say is lame. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's what the definition of yeah, prefacing like, that. I'm a pretty courageous okay, so person. Like I take a lot of risks. I've, I'm. Wait, so you're saying you have nothing? I started my own company. Okay, but like, what's something else that maybe it? Because maybe it could be small. Like what? We need some guidance. Okay, yeah, Judith, jump in here. Jump in here. Like for some people, and what I love too is, you know, 
being able to hear people's answers that range beyond career. Like there was mm-hmm. one girl who said, if I was 1% more courageous, I'd do, you know, red nail polish over the French tip that oh. I usually get every week. Because for her, she never picked, but when you delve deeper, she never picked red because she thought, you know, well, that was too sassy. It was a little too risque for her. French tip was safe. It was classy. And that gives you immediate insight into how she viewed herself and how she wanted the world to view her. Mm. You know, well, red can't be classy. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, 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 because I, no, I'm serious. Like, I've done a lot of self-work on myself, and I've come to a point in my life where I'm very proud of who I am. Yeah, that's great. And there's nothing in my life that I would change, and the trajectory I'm on, I'm really proud of, and I've been able to block, like, push through those levels of fear and I've been able to pursue my dreams and have the relationship that I want and have the friendships that I want. And I that doesn't mean that self-improvement is still not no, present. But I like feel comfortable in my sexuality. I feel comfortable in my role as a wife, as a friend, as a sister. I feel comfortable in my role as a businesswoman. I make. All right. So scouts life is perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. I mean, it sucks half the time, but it's still perfect in, in my eyes. Like yeah, I, that's I, great. You know, I don't know if that's, I mean, I, I honestly can't think of anything. And that's fine. I mean, you know, welcome to 99.9% of the population, you know, and I think that's you're speaking to something, too, where you don't need to necessarily know it at the moment. But the fact that you're even asking yourself, okay, if I were 1% more courageous in any area of my life and it doesn't even need to be, oh, well, it's insufficient, so I need it to be better. But it could just be where do I want to level up or where am I, quote unquote, plateauing, which is something that I constantly experience. Like, Mm -hmm. where am I experiencing or kind of collapsing being happy with really just settling you know if I'm really being honest with myself and a lot of the times it pointed towards my personal relationships versus my acumen as a businesswoman Mm -hmm. and I'd realize oh man well if I was one percent more courageous I'd probably tell my brother that I love him Mm. which was something I always felt uncomfortable doing saying that I love you like that for me it was like what no feelings (laughs) <laughs> I'm emotionally constipated. Like yeah, that yeah. was just oh like that God, is I'm just like that not. is the best <laughs> phrase. Emotionally constipated. No. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's probably because I'm not emotionally constipated. Yeah, I'm, I'm like either. the anti. <laughs> no, because but you I'm had physically a, you, constipated. No, yeah, physically constipated. <laughs> okay. um, you you know. had a lot of problems growing up expressing love. Sure. I would say I love you to you and you would not respond. Yeah. You like could never tell me you loved me. Okay, this is taking a turn. <laughs> I think like, this wow, is therapy. I'm sorry that <laughs> now we have entered <laughs> therapy. <laughs> We're gonna pivot. Sorry, I'm just getting real. Kickball change. No, this is great. Change. Kickball yeah, change. Yeah, this is awesome. This is I okay. You are not emotionally am, constipated today. I'm currently <laughs> more courageous because I tell Scout I love her. You do all the every time. fucking second. Thank you. So therefore, I'm no longer emotionally constipated. So glad there's no, no. constipation happening. Only physical. Only physical. Only physical. Only physical guys <laughs> over here. Okay, we're gonna pivot. I feel like I really let everybody down. Yeah, yeah, we're going to transition to something way more exciting. (laughs) Forbes 30 under 30. Holy shit. Thank you. So that's amazing. Thank you. I always have to like challenge myself to not like immediately what shows up for me is, well, I was nominated. Okay, I yeah. Wasn't. You don't want to feel fully proud yeah, of yourself. Yeah, it's just like, yourself. well, I mean, that's how I am I too. catch myself like, okay, just like that's be. A big fucking deal. No, be with the moment and just thank you. Yeah, thanks. big <laughs> fucking deal. Self-pride. Thank you. Yes, take it in. What does it mean to you? And what was your reaction when it happened? It seems like you're a pretty humble person, but 
you know, were you able to celebrate that a little bit? Yeah. Was it validating? Definitely. It was definitely validating. And I think, too, um, having that experience happen and getting the news, it was definitely surreal. Like, I remember being like, what? Me? Why? Which has been a pattern that I have discerned for myself that happens a lot in my life, which is something I'm constantly, like, paying attention to and working on. Um, but, yeah, it was something where it was definitely – a moment of celebration, not just for me, but I think, you know, I'm very clear it couldn't have happened with the people that were there from the very beginning. Like, In Her Shoes is beyond Judith Martinez. Like, this is all of the women that have literally, it takes a village, really. So I think, for me, it was a moment of pause and kind of just being like, wow, what have we built to get to this point? And a huge... You know, I get emotional sometimes thinking about it because for me it was like a big testament to my mother and my grandmother, like raising a young woman like me to be able to be considered Forbes 30 under 30, nominated for that distinction. You are well deserved. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So it was awesome, so awesome. Aww. Okay, so how? I thought am I one percent oh. more courageous? Oh, oh my god! Thank God. <laughs> Dear God, took you long <laughs> enough. You want to be Forbes 30 under 30? <laughs> I yes, love it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you got times a ticket, Scout. I would like to stand up for myself more. Mm. That's amazing. I don't That's stand up for awesome. myself a lot. And um, I would like to stand up for myself That's more. That's great, Scout. Okay. You did it. Yes. You yes. get a gold star. <laughs> you get it in, in her shoes grant. <laughs> <laughs> to fund your yeah, idea. idea. <laughs> to fund your standing up for yourself. I love it. Hey, valid. So valid. I am dead. That's so funny. Okay. So let's say someone is looking to get involved in your organization and in her shoes whether that's a participant whether it's a mentor um, figure how do they go about this first thing would be reaching out to us and when I say reach out I mean you could literally text us our number is on our like Instagram page email us DM us comment us like just reach out and express your interest and really the next step is you fill out this like fun little quiz it's kind of like a match.com like inner shoes version of what are your passions and where can you really find a home at inner shoes whether it's being a volunteer being a mentor or just a student that wants to learn how you could be a part of the community so plenty of ways to get involved amazing and what is next for you guys anything cool and exciting yes so this coming september september 14th we're actually going to be launching a program in seattle which we're super excited about and in October, we're supporting a other warm women's organization doing a women's Bali retreat, which is Ooh. a chapter we just launched this last March. Oh, let's go. Oh, it's for high school students. Oh, no, it's for professional women. Yep, that's us. Yeah, that's us. We're professional women. Yeah, we're you're professional. professional women. And you're starting a business. You're going to be standing <laughs> up for yourself. So, I mean, it's going to be I'm a starting great business. Time. It's a great time. Guys, so. we are so, I feel, I feel 15% more courageous. Yeah, I love that. And it's just going to grow from here. It really is. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're such a delight. You are. are, You're also very smart. So are you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm just going to fawn over you as well. (laughs) Highly intelligent and (laughs) academic. I really appreciate all the love. Yay. Oh, we love you. Okay. And then, sisters, you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. We love you. See you next week. Thank you.
Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 